Well, you may be seated. Thank you, singers. Thank you, musicians. By the way, where in Montreal are we going to be? Does anybody remember where we're going to be? The Sheraton Conference Center by the airport. Tell your Quebecois friends we'll be there on Saturday night, however long it takes, and then we'll be here Sunday morning. Amen. With strong coffee and the thoughts of our loving church family, we will make it back. Come on now. That'll motivate us. We'll get back in time. And uh, yes, and we'll drive just slowly down the 401. All right. Well, I I'm excited about today. I'm excited about this afternoon. This morning, I'm going to do something different. You know, Pastor Nathan and I were in a conversation, and we were talking about just how we want our church family to do well. We want everyone to just prosper. And he, he, he was talking to me about talking just practically about finances from the Bible, of course, which gives us tremendous insights. And I said, well, you can do that, Nathan. I said, well, he says, I think it's better if you do it. So I said, so I obey. I said, yes, I submit. I will do it. But normally I only have one point. You know, I usually have one point or kind of one or two points in a message. So today I'm given the topic of 10 factors that limit our increase. Are you with me? So I think you're supposed to take notes or something because I have no hope. If I have one point, I, at least I hope that you will remember it till the next day. But if I have 10 points, I have no hope whatsoever that you will remember anything at all. So I hope that you can uh, uh, you know, turn off the ringers, but you can kind of take notes and I'm gonna try to help people. Is that all right? Let's just lift our hand right now. Father, we thank you for help. We thank you for help in time of need. We thank you for help even if it hurts a little bit. We thank you, Lord, for help in Jesus' name. Amen. So let, let me read a few scripture verses to start this out. I'm reading the first one from the Message Bible because it kind of really uh, speaks in a, in a special way there. It says in, in Matthew 16, that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom, keys to open any and every door, no more barriers between heaven and earth. A yes on earth is yes in heaven. A no on earth is no in heaven. What a scripture verse. It reminds me of, of the verses that says that all things are ours through Jesus Christ. So there's really unlimited potential and increase in Christ. I'm a person that believes that all the teaching we do about God's grace and God's love, it's not merely a theological concept we're discussing, but this will help us to live a good life. And, and so uh, that sounds a little tinny here. If you could just lower that a little bit, maybe it's just the monitors. Uh, let me read another verse. Familiar verse to 2 Corinthians 9, 6. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you, everybody say, that's me. Always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Not just enough to get by, but an abundance for every work. Here's a scripture verse that kind of sums it all up. Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So we think sometimes of the gospel and God's grace being something that will kind of 
give us eternal life and we are okay when we die. But there's so many scripture verses and it would be impossible to cover them all. There are hundreds of them that tell us that God is interested in your life now. God is interested in helping you. Uh, God is interested in strengthening you. God is interested in blessing us in every area of life. And so yet there are some reasons sometimes why people don't experience that. So I want to list those 10 limiting factors. The first one I want to bring up, I'll save some of the juicy ones for the middle, but we'll start with one here that's very powerful, very strong, not honoring God. Now what does it mean to honor God? It means to acknowledge God, to uh, uh, pay attention to God, uh, to, to, to allot time. In fact, the fact that you have said, made a decision this morning, I'm going to go to, to church, I'm going I'm to listen and hear. It, it, actually, that's an act of, of, of paying attention to and honoring God. Uh, unless somebody dragged you by force, well, then you, that person, I guess, is honoring God. But, but suppose that you came here willingly. So it says in 1 Timothy 1, to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor forever and ever. Then in the book of Proverbs gives us some ways that we honor God. It says in uh, chapter 3, verse 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Well, we, we already covered what the word honor means. And then it says, honor God with your possessions. Well, that could be, mean many different things. It could mean that you say, well, you know, we can have a Bible study in our home. <laughs> you know, I, we can, I can use my car to pick someone up to church who doesn't have a car because uh, this car is my possession and I, I, I'm making it available for God's kingdom. It could mean whatever wealth that we have. We say, it's really not mine, it's God's. Even though I work hard for it, God gave me the strength. There are others who don't have the strength. You say, well, I'm so smart. Well, who gave you that brain? So you say, I'm honoring God with my possession and then with the first fruits of all your increase. Uh, whatever new money comes into us, whatever new possessions, whatever new wealth comes in through whatever way, inheritance or, uh, or, or pension or, or salary, whatever it is, we honor God with the first fruits. Some of you will be wondering why sometimes I talk about give the first skinny dime to the gospel <laughs> and not the last skinny one. Well, because it's the first fruits. Put God first before you cover, you know, the, the Hudson Bay and, and the heating and Hydro One and all those things. Uh, say, I'm going to put God first. That means to honor God. God is super important in my life. Now, if we don't do that, then there's a hindrance because it's said here, so, so your barns, which means your, your refrigerator and your bank account or whatever you have, will be filled with plenty. How many want plenty? And it says, your vats will overflow with new wine. Well, that's what they were, in those days, they had barns and vats. We don't have a lot of barns and vats uh, because uh, we couldn't fit them in our backyard, but we have an account somewhere and we have some other, some other things. And so it relates to what we have. And it says, you know, so honoring God, acknowledging God, th th that has a consequence that of this overflowing abundance. But, but so obviously, it's for not honoring God. It, you know, it, we, we're talking about limiting factors. 
We're not saying that people can't have anything good. We just say, you limit yourself. So number one was that. Number two, failure to sow seed. Or we could say failure to understand the law of sowing and reaping. Now, it says in Genesis 8, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Now, of course, obviously, the first application to this is agriculture. Everything comes from a seed. In fact, the entire, everything we do comes from a seed. Everything you look at in the grocery store, in the produce aisle there, it, it, it comes from a seed, a carrot seed, uh, an apple seed, a pear seed, a kiwi seed, whatever you're getting. It, it comes from a seed. And so everything results in a seed. Now, in the world of finance, I'm talking about in the, even in the secular world, uh, they, they use that expression. They say, I'm investing seed money. Uh, often that's a term maybe associated with what we call venture capitalist. It's somebody who's looking for a new project and assesses that project and says, I I'm going to put some upfront money. I'm going to put some seed money into that because the person is expecting this is going to go really good to go in get in early on this because I'm going to get a big payout. So we know it, it refers to agriculture. It refers to, to the world of finance. I'm talking in the secular world. These terms are used. But I would say everything operates on a seed. You know, try to smile. And somebody will smile back at you. Have you ever tried that? You said nobody ever smiles at me? Start smiling at them. People have a very hard time when you just stand like, like this, you know. <laughs> Look at they, you know, they just smile right back. It's almost irresistible. So, so, so you know, it, it's in many areas. It's, it's like you sow your time. Some people say, to them, oh, oh, no, she's an overnight sensation. Usually when you check with somebody who we call an overnight sensation, they're not an overnight sensation. They've been sowing seed for years and decades. How does someone become a concert pianist? They don't just have the gift hit them on the way to the Roy Thompson Hall. No, they went to Royal Conservatory 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 and kept working and they got to the highest grade and then they got under a mentor and they worked and they worked and they worked and they spent hours at the piano every single day. And then one day we see them, wow, what a gift. Yeah, but it took me 50,000 hours. They were planting seed of time. And, and it's like that in anything. Some of you say, I, I'm going to... Plant seeds studying. I'm going to learning. I'm going I'm, I'm to study something. I'm going to get better at something. Well, there's a, there's a payday coming of a harvest for you. So everything works that way normally. And I'll read some verses. We think maybe, you know, this is something we talk about in church when it comes to giving money to God. But I want to broaden our view and say this is everything in life. And, and let me give you these verses. One I quoted earlier, 2 Corinthians 9. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Well, we've talked a lot about that verse. I'm just going to go on to the next. Proverbs says the same thing. One scatters, I mean one gives away, and yet increases more. Another withholds more than is right. So you can withhold something. You're not supposed to give it all away. But, but you withhold more, that's right, and it leads to poverty. See, the thinking is, if I just hoard, if I hold back, 
I'm going to be rich. But here it says, it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will be watered himself. So this is a universal law. That, that, that everything, and we all have the benefit of studying that because we see at fall time, we see winter, we see springtime, we see the leaves coming out on the trees by faith nowadays, but they're coming out very soon. By next Sunday, they'll be out for sure. Uh, so we see new life coming. So we have a witness in nature. This is how it works. Works the same thing for our life. You volunteer, you give, you train yourself, you receive benefit from that. And you prosper and you increase from that. And so, uh, so, so neglecting that law or thinking that that law only refers to, you know, when I give money in the church, because that's what preachers maybe talk about it, you're limiting yourself. It's all of life is like that. Let me get to number three. It's quiet already. It's going to get quieter the further I get. The third limiter is foolish debt. Oh, I feel the anointing. I almost fell over backwards when I said that. <laughs> foolish, everybody say foolish debt. Yeah, the Bible has a lot to say about that. Um, saw, uh, Proverbs 22 says, the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, I, you know, let me talk about, there's foolish debt in the Bible, and there's wise debt. So, so, so uh, for example, I'll give you some point on wise debt. For example, it says when Nehemiah, when he and the people rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, they got themselves in debt, they mortgaged their homes. And they were not rebuked for mortgaging their homes. But Nehemiah did rebuke those who charged excessive interest. Uh, so there are times, for example, it's another case, when God was, through the prophet, multiplying the oil. And the prophet said, go borrow vessels, not a few. Why? Because there's so much oil coming that we can't handle it. It's going to be spilled. So there is a wise debt, and maybe you have been involved in that, where you, you borrow 100000 and then it turns into 200000 two years later. That was a good debt. Figure out the difference and bring in the first fruits to Toronto Celebration Church. We'll be happy with you. Amen. That, that's, that's, that's just, that there's wise debt. So in that case, borrow vessels, not a few. Why? So you can handle the increase. For example, if you happen to have a gold mine in your backyard, it might be wise to get some upfront investment, and if you don't have it, to borrow money to hire the drilling machinery. Are, are you with me? That, that would be a wise thing to do. But so now, everybody sees that point, so that was an easy point. Now we come to foolish debt. First thought that comes into my mind is credit card. Ooh, I heard that. That was like a word that just came. A credit card. Credit card debt. There's high interest on your credit card debt. Now, if you, if you use it as a tool of business and you pay it off faithfully before the interest kicks in, other than that, it is a very foolish way to spend money. It'd be better to get a line of credit at prime rate. You say, I don't know what that is. Well, you should figure it out because it'll save you a lot of money. Prime is better than prime plus one. You say, I don't know what you're talking about. You may as well be speaking in tongues. Go figure it out. 
See, money is available for sale just like anything else. If you have two dealerships of Toyota and one is selling a Highlander for this price and another one is selling it for this price that's $1,000 lower, don't you buy it for $1,000 lower? Same with banks. Banks want to sell you money, especially when they think you need it. That's why it's all, I always say, don't ask for money when you need it because the banks don't want to give it to you. Ask for money when you don't need it because they want to give you lots then. All right, are you with me? Uh, so so the, well, you, you get a better interest. Don't be afraid of it. But, but you say, I'm smart. Say, I'm smart. I'm a child of God. I don't need those 23% interest a year on the credit card. Take a sit. If you say, I, I just, the credit cards, I got Visa, I got MasterCard, I got Discovery, I've got American Express, and, and I'm just full on all of them. Friend. And you say, please pray for me, Pastor. I need financial miracle. Yeah, you really do. And it starts here this morning. I am a part of your answer to prayer. The Lord sent me to deliver you. And the first step is take scissors and cut up your credit cards. Well, actually, you should mail them back to the company. Come on and say, start finding a different way. Because, it, because it's not going to lead to good things. You can get away with it sometimes, but you know what? It's not going to lead to good things. You say, well, I just declare personal bankruptcy. It doesn't lead to good things either. You have no credit rating. You, 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 you're not trusted. And you're a child of God. Come on now. So foolish debts. It's like shopping by impulse. Having the mall as your hobby. My hobby is to go to the mall. You're putting yourself exposed to temptations out of every window that you walk by. There is a spirit that calls out, come, shop, shop. You say, but it was half price. Yeah, but you don't need it. Why pay half price for something that you won't need that you put in your closet and you won't even look at it for the next decade and then it's so old that you have to go buy another one again? Come on, don't expose yourself to that. Everybody say foolish debts. Okay, I could really wax eloquent on that, but I'm just saying, and, and, and here's another thing. God's grace helps you. Because, you know, some people shop because it makes them feel good about themselves. My life is so bad. I'm going to go shopping. I just feel so rich. Friend, you have Jesus. Why do you think we keep teaching about the grace of God, who you are in Christ, and Christ is in you? You think we're just blowing wind here like kind of full of hot air up here talking about this? No. It's the, uh, you, you have self-worth. You're somebody special. You don't need shopping bags to make you feel I'm a somebody. Look at me. I went shopping. No, you don't. Some of you are receiving it. Some of you are, I even prayed in my prayer, Lord, I thank you for help even when it hurts. Okay, are you with me? Number four, co-signing loans. a murmur here I don't know okay there's such a heart-touching scripture verse about this I mean it's an urgent cry listen to this Proverbs 6 if you become surety for your friend if you have shaken hands and pledged for a stranger that means if you go to the bank and your friend wants to borrow money and the bank says we can't give you the money but do you have somebody who can sign that means that they can go after you if the loan defaults, they come and take your car and your Cuban cigars and your motorcycle and whatever else you got. Are you with me? 
And it says, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You got yourself in trouble. You are taken by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, and deliver yourself. For you have come into the hand of your friend. In other words, your friend owns you now. The bank owns you. Go and humble yourself. Plead with your friend. Give no sleep to your eyes, nor slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. This is pretty urgent. So, well, I didn't know that. I, I just put my feet, I didn't even read it. I just, I just put my name down. It's coming for you. If your friend departs. So please, Magster, please, I made a terrible mistake. Please get me out of this. I, I, you, you know. See, people say, well, I signed a, I co-signed for a loan of a friend. But, you know, he's good for it. Obviously, he's not. Because if he was good for it, he wouldn't need your signature. So according to the bank, he's not good for it. So don't come telling me he's good for it. He's not good for it. And sometimes we've all faced things we weren't good for. But let's, let's not make it beautified. Let's call it what it is. I'm not good for this loan. But if you sign, I'll get it. Run over well. It was a lot easier on tour, just preaching and revealing Jesus. Now I have to, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to, it's urgent. And, and please, if you're going to do this, and I hope you don't tell your spouse about it. Don't have your marriage fall apart over that you signed for somebody else. Please say amen to that at least. Come on, come on. And you're going to say, well, I just wanted to help. Maybe sometimes it's more loving not to help. Because maybe that person wasn't ready for that big amount. And maybe that's why the bank didn't want to give it to them because they weren't ready for it. I'm not making it absolute, but I'm saying maybe it would be more loving for that person to wait a couple of years before they got that loan until they had learned some more about how money works. Blame Pastor Nathan who told me to preach this. Nathan told me what to preach, but if you... You know, it's new to him, but anyhow. Uh, okay, I'll move on to the next one. I got time. Lack of work ethic. Proverbs 22. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. So what does it mean to have a bad work ethic? Lazy. Lazy. How much does the Bible talk about that? It says, you sluggard. It says, go and look at the ant. Go and look at the, I mean, how edifying is that? Here you are, a human being with all the complexity of your brain, and you stand looking at ants. That's what the Bible says. Go and look at the ant sluggard. Look at how it labors and how, how the lamp, uh, how the ant, not the, the ant, prepares itself for, for the future. See, another thing is, you know, if, if you want to have a good job, you want to be hired, don't have a sense of entitlement. Some people ha carry it on their, on their lapel. It's like, you owe me something. You owe me something. Parents, don't train your children to have a sense of entitlement. That, oh, I'm so hard done by. Oh, what I've been through. People aren't interested in hiring people like that. But let me tell you something about job. This is powerful. Every job, I put it on PowerPoint, every job exists to solve someone else's problem. If you have a job 
you're solving somebody's problem, and it's not yours. You may be solving yours too because you get paid, but you're solving somebody else's problem. So don't resent that. If somebody owns a coffee shop, they can't pour every cup themselves, so you're solving their problem. I can't be there 24-7 pouring the coffee, so I'm going to hire you to solve my problem because I have customers who need coffee. You pour it. And for this, I will pay you. You solve a problem. Are, are you with me? But whatever you are, you, you're a teacher, you're training people's children because they have a problem. I, got, I, can't, I don't have time to teach my kids, so I'll give it to you. you. You teach them. Every job is to solve a problem. Here's the second principle that I... I've often reminded people in this setting, the bigger problem you solve, the bigger your reward. You solve little problems, you get little pay. You solve big problems, you get big pay. So when you go for a promotion or an increase in salary at your workplace, maybe one time you can say, oh, my aunt died, my uncle broke his toe, I need more money, and they might give it to you. But the second time it won't work. Because they come, instead of coming, I've been looking at this company. It'd be an interesting place you work. And I, and I see some things I believe I could make more efficient. I could help out and say, oh, wow, you're a smart person. You're valuable. Oh, you, 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 well, I, I think you're ready for a raise. In fact, you're ready for a bigger than normal raise because you're, you're handling a lot of things. You're, you're solving a lot of problems. Come on now, solving a lot of problems. And, 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 and so... That, that, that's how you get a promotion. Find out how you can help more. Train your teenagers this way. Come on. That went over good, but I'm trying to help you. Because if you have teenagers who go out in the world that you may be, say, oh, you're so special. Oh, little Charlie. Mm, you have such potential. You have such potential. You have such, everybody, you have such potential. You can be anything you want. No, you can't. You can't be anything you want. You can't be Wayne Gretzky or LeBron James just because you want to be. I'm sorry, I've got to tell the, somebody tell the kids the truth. If you're five feet tall and 250 pounds, you're not going to be LeBron James. I don't, I don't care how many of Peter Youngren's CDs you listen to and read my book about the faith that works. <laughs> so this kid, oh, oh I'm, you're so wonderful. Oh, what potential. Oh, you can do anything you want in this world. Then this kid steps into a regular working place, you know, with, with, with the boss. She just wanted to get the job done. And, and this kid, oh, I'm just so, I'm a princess. This mommy's little princess is here. Well, I says, well, princess, you're well out the door. I need someone who can work. Are you with me? Friends, if you love your teenage children, talk to them. Talk to them. And if you're a teenager, let me give you advice. Are you tired of your parents hassling you? Well, move out. Move out. Get your own job. Pay your own bills. Tired of them hazard. Move out now while you're young and know everything. It'll be tougher when you're in your 40s, when you discover, that, you know, so move out quickly. Come on, out the door. How marvelous, how... I'm giving straight talk. Are you with me? Foolish debt. I could have said more on that. Come on now. No, no, no. Lack of planning. The plans 
Proverbs 21 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. Those who work the land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. Chase fantasies. So having plans. So, so let, let me help you to get started with the plan. I, I think I put something. Honor God. Put that, put that whole line up I, I prepared today. Honor God. That would be, so I said, I want to make a change. I'm going to start honoring God. I'll start with that. I want to honor God. And then I'm going to see, is there an area where I can make a sacrifice? You know, sacrifice is a beautiful thing. Sacrifice sometimes means a delayed gratification. So do you really need to buy a new car? Or is the old one fine for another year? Maybe this is the question you must ask yourself. Now, at some point, uh, you need to buy a new car. I'm looking at Pastor Nathan now, but I'm just saying, and Megan is agreeing that she gave me. But I, I'm just saying, some people, you know, do, do you really, like, I mean, do you need, I mean, people say, oh, I don't have any money, pray for, and they walk in with a big Tim's cup. Every morning they go to the bus, Tim's, Tim's, not to speak of Starbucks. You know, let me tell you how to get started. It's a, you can actually make coffee at home. I make coffee at home. First thing I do. So just, you go, to, you go to a coffee shop in the morning, a certain kind of coffee shop. I don't want to mention any names anymore. And you'll spend $3. Then you go back at night, you spend $3 more. That's $180 a month. You can set that aside for something else. Now, if you go to the kind of coffee shop that I've been rebuking Pastor Dean Morris for attending, you can just double those numbers. It'll be, be a whole other level, what you can do. And, and it's working on him. I, I, I just uh, feel it's working on him. It's, so don't say you don't have anything. Well, one time somebody says, oh, pray for this family. Um, they have such a great need. They don't know how to pay rent. I said, where are they right now? Oh, they just went to the Caribbean for a couple of months on a, on a holiday. They're staying at a resort. I said, well, re oh, wow, that's wonderful. I, I mean, sometimes, you, you see, sometimes people need to look rich. They need to look rich because of self-esteem. They feel good if they look rich. But I feel so good because Jesus is in me that I don't really care that much. I just don't want Tina to be embarrassed, that's all. But otherwise, you, you, you know, it's amazing. You say, I have nothing to set aside. You just take that coffee shop money and you put that aside. If I just say you put aside uh, $40, whatever, uh, a week, and, and you'll be like almost a millionaire in your lifetime. Just don't do that. Just putting that away at 5% or something a year. Come on now. So, so, so the, the, the second point was sacrificing. And then assess your responsibilities. See, some people take on all kinds of things. You've co-signed loans. And, you know what I'm saying? Why don't you ask your 25-year-old living at home to pay rent? Oh, that went over good. Okay, well, don't then. Do whatever you want. I, I'm just saying, well, uh, you think that would hurt them or you think that would help them actually? Well, why, why don't you, are you be responsible for what you're responsible for? So somebody say, well, I, I, I send money to my family somewhere else in the world. Well, that's good. But I mean, are, is that good or, or are they all living off of you? Or you just assess, it says, you know, be good to everybody. We have a good attitude, but especially the household of faith. So we take care of, we honor God. And then you take care of your family, take care of those closest to you. But you don't have to take on responsibility for every aunt and uncle and cousin that you ever had, a, 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 you know, a glass of water with. 
do whatever you want them to. And then take action. Say, well, what, what are we going to do? You, you know, start planning and think it out. And the Bible says it will lead to abundance. But if you chase fantasies, then it comes to poverty. And in this, there's a key word I put on the screen, perseverance. Everybody say perseverance. perseverance. See, having a plan is one thing. People have a vision. Oh, I have a vision. I have a vision. I, everybody has a dream and a vision. It's no big deal that you have a dream or a vision. The big thing is, what have you done about it? And people say, well, God is going to bring your dream to pass. No, he will not. I don't care how many prophets told you God will bring your dream to pass. No, God will help you bring your dream to pass. But it's not going to happen just, you know, by, by independently, God, you're going to go around your way. No, God will not bring your dream to pass. But God puts a dream in your heart, and he fills you with his spirit, and then you make your way prosperous, and he helps you as you make your way prosperous. So here's what it said, one other scripture, it says like this, the lazy man will not plow because of winter. He will beg during the harvest and have nothing. In other words, excuses. It's too cold. I don't want to plow. Harvest time. I didn't plow. I have nothing to harvest. Another scripture verse says, it basically says, if I paraphrase it, I don't want to do anything because it's raining. And then I also don't want to do anything. It's too hot. So it's never a good time. So you have just a, this dream, but work your dream. Amen. Here comes a big one, number seven. I'm on number seven. Are you with me? I have no idea what time it is, but anyhow, I'm on number seven. Falling for get-rich-quick scheme. Proverbs 28, and actually listen, listen to this in the Message Bible. Work your garden, you will end up with plenty of food. Play and party, you'll end up with an empty plate. Committed and persistent work pays off. Get-rich schemes are rip-offs. Uh, that drives it home. It's like chasing fantasies in the previous verse. It leads to poverty. And let me tell you something. Believers, good folks like us, are especially susceptible to get rich quick schemes. You know, you know why? Because we believe God wants to prosper us. Therefore, we are prone to interpret anybody who comes, any Tom, Dick, or Harry that comes and says, I can double your money every month. You say, ooh, hallelujah, I feel that. That's what I've been praying for. I've been believing for that. Now, this is, it's coming into manifestation. Somebody said 2019 is my year of fulfillment. And, 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 and so, so we are prone to fall for it because we are, have received good teaching that God wants to help us and bless us. But that teaching is balanced with wisdom. And then another thing is, you know, most people who have received Jesus and been believers for a while, God begins to work his righteousness in you, holiness. You become kind of a decent person. Are you with me? You become kind of a nice person. And you're kind of honest and straightforward. And then you start thinking everybody else is are, are you with me and, and you can get fooled because you are a good person so you tend to believe the best of everybody so if they come with a scheme no matter how outrageous it sounds first of all friends 
If somebody can make 100% of your money every month, why are they going to tell you about it? Come on. They're going to go, they have so much money, they don't need your money to make it happen. Come on now. Are you with me? You see, somebody told me a long time ago, he says, said to me, deal with people, places, and things not as you are, not as you wish they were, but as they really are. I mean, I wish when somebody said, you can make 100% of your money in a, month, in a year even, I wish it was true. Oh, I wish it. But don't deal with things as you wish they were, but as they really are. So I, I just sent a little warning out here. You know, generally speaking, if it sounds <laughs> like it's too good to be true, anything outside the gospel, because that sounds too good to be true, that's, but it is true, anything else really isn't true. People promise you the world. I mean, it's so sad. I just, we met, we're on tour now in Western Canada, and I met people again. I have a friend, dear friend of ours, uh, kind of now, we like this person, we have nothing against this person, but he's lost everything. He's lost everything. He doesn't have anything. He doesn't have a home. He doesn't have a place to stay. He's a man about my age, lost everything. And he made foolish investments. And more than that, he got a lot of beautiful, spiritual believers to invest with him. And then um, we met one of them. I forget what, what was Vancouver or where we were, one of the places in Prince George, wherever. And one man said, oh, yeah, I invested with so-and-so. I said, oh, no, it's too bad, too bad. I mean, I can't, what can I say? I just can't say much. He said, well, you know, he's still a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He is a nice guy. But, but. People say, oh, this doesn't, this is good to go. So I would say, be warned against that. Listen to what the Bible said here. Keep working your garden and you'll have plenty of food. Can I hear an amen to that? All right. Then, then, I got to move fast. How are we doing for time here? Somebody help me. Oh, my goodness. Okay, okay, fast. I'm going into fifth gear here now. Are you with me? Number eight, neglecting God's priority. Basically, I'm going to be brief on this. You know, God wants us to help everything, but there's two things I notice in the scripture that are God's priority. Number one is the gospel. Number two is the poor. Furthering the gospel and helping the poor. Uh, Mark 10 said, for my sake and the gospels. You do that, you give for that reason, you receive a hundredfold. Proverbs 19, 17, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. Even Paul said, he was told, you know, I'm taking care of helping the poor. I was so glad when I heard the report from the first quarter of TICC, how many families that have been helped through our Hope Bank here. I hope we can help more next quarter, but we're glad for that. Thank you, church family, who makes it possible for us to have a Hope Bank where someone in need can go. Come on, we all need help sometimes. But, but one thing I want to say, we don't want to glorify poverty because the first thing I've noticed is if you are poor yourself, you can't help other poor people. So believe God to bless and increase you so that you can be a blessing. Number, number nine, I'm moving fast, a poverty mindset. Sometimes it's a religious one. People get, have a religious poverty mindset. They think that God doesn't want them to enjoy life, even though he does. I told you about the brother in the church where I was raised. He never bought any new clothes for himself. And one day he came with a new suit. He had a brand new suit. He was, oh, look at your suit. You look so nice. You look so nice in this nice suit. And, and you haven't bought any clothes for years. He doesn't want to. That's how God wanted him to. So people praised him so much how nice he looked that next Sunday he didn't have his suit. He said, where's your suit? He said, I burned it. I burned it. I didn't want pride to grip my heart. 
that, uh, that, that, that's a poverty mentality. But, but that's an unusual one. I don't think it's very rampant around here. And, and, and you know, another s- symptom of it, resenting or despising when others are blessed. That could be an indication. Or, or being filled with fear so much that we can just hoard. Uh, or, or just using money as a status. Or, or for pleasure. All we can think of money. Spend, 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 spend. You know, to me, money is a tool to get a job done. Particularly for me is to get the gospel work done. I, I like to have lots of money. Money is important. Don't ever tell anybody money is important. It's a tool to give people the gospel. I get nervous when people say, "Oh, money is not important." I said, "Well, give me yours." I had one man come to me one time. He said, "Oh, he'd been asking me. I need to have a meeting. We need to meet in the boardroom." And 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 the con- content of it was he wanted me to give him eighty-five thousand dollars. You know, I don't grow money on trees. He wanted eighty-five thousand dollars. So he showed me all that he's going to do with it, and he's going to build this, and he's going to do that. So I, then I said, how much money do you have now? Oh, money's not important to me. Anything I asked him was, answer was, oh, money's not important. So finally I thought, well, why are you here for then? If money's not important. I said, you know, meeting is over. Since money's not important to you, you obviously don't need any money from me, but I'll take all you got. Thank you very much, because I need it for other, other projects. So let's not be foolish about it. I told you T.L. Osborne said to me many years ago, he said, Peter, you can have as many dreams as you want to do things for God, but if you don't have the finances, it's just a dream. And so that, that, that's right. So, so poverty mindset. And number 10. Now, I'm pretty good. Are you with me? Not flexing our faith muscle. You have faith. Don't ever think you don't have faith. God gave us faith. We have the faith of the Son of God. Faith basically works like this. You see inwardly. Elijah the prophet said, I saw, I saw the words of the Lord. So you begin to see, oh, Jesus is so big in me. Because of Jesus, I have such big potential. You see that and you, maybe you hear it. Faith comes by hearing, seeing. Both of these are tools. You begin to see life is different. I'm a channel for God's blessing. I'm not just here to survive. I'm here to thrive. I'm here to go forward. I'm here to to, to be able to abound into every good work. I'm not the beggar looking for a handout. I'm the blessed person who's able to give something to someone else in need. That's how we see ourselves. I'm rich. And you hear that, and then you act. Faith is always action. You start. You start with what you're at. People say, oh, I wish I could give, I wish I could give a million dollars. Well, it starts with a hundred. You know, because that goes with that kind of get rich quick and that kind of fantasies. I, I remember one brother, and maybe there are people like this, maybe you meet some. They never have any money, but when you talk to them, they always have like this $10 million deal. Just three weeks down the road, it's all going to come in. Then you meet them two weeks, two years later, and they still don't have any money, but there's just something big, something big is coming down here. So if you could just pay for lunch now, but I got, who I got something here. It's like $23 million deal. It's just, it's just, uh, are you with me? <laughs> I said, give me the lunch bill. I'll pay for it. You poor thing. That's not, my God is bigger than that. Come on now. 
So when I say act, step out in faith, I mean with all the other things I've said. I don't mean just saying all kinds of crazy things and then persevere and then go from faith to faith. God will take you from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Come on now. Praise God. Everybody stand up. Get up on your feet right now. Everybody, just jump or stand on your hands if you want to, but stand on your head if you want to. But we prefer feet, but anything goes, whatever. Did you get something out of this? Did I save you any money, maybe, hopefully? Did I save you? I hope I saved you some money. And I'm not receiving a second offering. Because I didn't want, because then there's always one person that goes, oh, he's talking to this because he's waiting to take an offering at the end. I said, no, sir, no, I'm not going to take any second offering for anything. But, you know, if you want to give it to Pastor Nathan, just whatever. No, I'm just kidding. I'm saying I just want to talk to you straight about it. I want you to prosper. And so these thoughts, and you behave very well, because it, I can't tell by looking at you. I look at people very closely. None of you poked your wife or husband in the rib that I saw. Because maybe I touched an area, you know, where you have had, maybe I, I didn't see it. At least you did it very discreetly, <laughs> you know. But, but, but I, this is not to hurt anybody. Take this with you home. Think about it. Think about it. And ask God to help you. Because God wants to help you. He has helped you with his grace. And now everything is available. Now he wants to help you to walk it out and make good decisions. Can I hear an amen to that? All right, so I want you to lift up your hand and say this with me. Say, I have the wisdom of Christ. Christ has become to me righteousness, sanctification, wisdom. He is my plenty. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You gave Jesus, and with him, you give me everything. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise for that. That's beautiful. If you're sick in your body, just put your hand on your chest right now. Father, I thank you. Thank you for the healing power of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the beautiful testimony from the lady here, how her ear opened up. I thank you for the testimony I received from the man over here, how that growth suddenly disappeared when we prayed. I thank you that you are healing Jesus, and we receive now in the name of Jesus. Bow your head with me right now. I haven't talked about salvation, but I have talked about God and the provision of Jesus. I've touched on that. If you don't have peace in your heart, if you don't have the assurance that you have awakened to this powerful revelation that Jesus put away your sin he put it away then the Holy Spirit works on you to awaken you and then you can say yes I want to receive it I want to receive this gift of forgiveness of sin so if you while every head is bowed if you would like to receive that lift your hand up way up high as a signal then I want to include you in the prayer I want to make sure that we don't miss anybody in this area anybody at all say I want to receive okay maybe everybody has received let's give Jesus praise for that thank you Jesus hallelujah blessed be the name of Jesus well all I can say is I say it humbly to you but the afternoon service teaching is going to be worth it do as you wish and we're going to have a great next Sunday Pastor Nathan is there something I forgot come on up and tell me about the meet and greet. Please explain that.
you're, if you're here for the meet and greet or maybe, maybe you're visiting today and you say, I do, I'm going to stay for this.